This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9. Hey guys, I'm Janelle Reisner, a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer, an entrepreneurial badass, and a recovering sugar addict. Hello, I'm Rachel Bilotti. I am a life and mindset coach, a free-spirited entrepreneur, a road trip junkie, and unicorns are my spirit animal. We are the hosts of the True North Collective podcast. So, Janelle, Janelle, the Californian, how's life? It's good. Living, Living the good life. Finally getting warm here through June gloom. On to mm-hmm. July, which is exciting. Yeah. Other than that, not too much. Still settling in. Still sleeping on an air mattress. Slow is <laughs> slow. Is slow. It is. It. I like it though. Actually, downtown slow is adorable. We yeah. we went to Pismo Beach yesterday, mm-hmm. and I've been there like when I flew up here for my interview I actually stayed in Pismo and it's beautiful but we actually went to the beach and I did not like it I was pretty disappointed really yeah it's kind of because it was cold well it wasn't it wasn't that it was cooler but it's kind of dirty Mm -hmm. and not like a good dirty I like old building dirty but it was just sort of dirty dirty (laughs) so that was kind of disappointing so I Mm. San Luis Obispo I'm good with. It's beautiful. Okay. They actually like have history there, which is a little bit unique for California as far as how far it goes back. Because I think the mission here was built in 1772. Dang. So, yeah. So you still get some of that fun history and like beautiful brick buildings. But I love it downtown here. So I yeah, think I love. I love the missions in Southern California. My yeah. my mom and dad, or my mom, really wanted to live in San Luis Obispo. So she was so funny. I feel like everyone from that's lived around here says that too. I'm like, man. Oh, really? Well, because my my boyfriend's dad too. He's always wanted to live here. And since we moved here, they're like, well, I guess this is our sign to try to start to make our way up there then. Whoa. I mean, talk about being with the family. I know. I was like, that's sweet. It, it'll be a while, though. I'm kind of disappointed. They said that. Yeah. And I'm like, can it be, like, tomorrow? I would like a family here now. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool you're excited. Mm-hmm. I miss Dylan's dad and stepmom, too. Yeah. In Milwaukee. It's yeah. fun to have people that are fun. It is. Yeah. And just to have, you know, yeah. people that are family. Like, somewhere to go for Sunday night dinners, because I can't obviously go to my parents totally. anymore. But yeah. it'll eventually happen. So that'll be cool. Yeah, and my parents would probably. And don't feel. <laughs> you think they will? Oh no, I said I would never. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa, that's a change. No, I don't think so. At least. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad about your your air mattress because I too live on an air mattress and have been <laughs> since we moved here. <laughs> there you go. I kind of like it though. Is it weird? It's really comfortable. It is. I know my coworkers <laughs> like because we have a mattress. That's the worst part. There's a mattress in our garage. And wow. we just like haven't pulled it upstairs yet. And everyone's like, really? You still Which have one do you it? have? Which air mattress or what mattress? Yeah. Air Which mattress? Air- I don't know. I bought it at Target when I moved here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Serta? Like a... Um, 
Dude, you gotta I'm get the looking. Soda. I'm like turning around because it's right behind me. I, the soda I that I have is flush, medium, and firm. And like, <laughs> we accidentally popped a hole in it because we use it every single day and it's not supposed to be. Um, but you can just return it and get a new one. And now this is officially recorded. <laughs> I get banned from Target. <laughs> no, because actually you can because ours popped too. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we have, well, we have two of them and one of them popped and one of them still inflated. But yeah, we've been sleeping on it for like a month and a half. So to be expected. Yeah, we're going on. Dylan moved here in October of last year. So that's how long oh, dang. she's been sleeping on it. Whoa. <laughs> I kind of like it though. I think it's more comfortable than my mattress in the garage. I, which I is sad. It's, it's really comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm it looks like done. shit, but. Yeah. Whatever. Well, eventually we're waiting. We're doing some remodeling. So we're kind of waiting for that to get done because we're ripping out the carpet. And we didn't really want to carry cool. the air mattress up. Or the real mattress, I should yeah, say. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very exciting, exciting stuff. What about you? How's Dallas? Uh, very hot. I feel like I live in an oven. Um, but I'm also that. trying to, yeah, I mean, it's like over 100 every single day. Um, and then I'm actually trying to figure out if I can get dual citizenship in, in, in Italy. So I've been like having to go back through my family lineage and see there's like specifics around who has had to have been naturalized before the after the birth of a parent and like all this stuff. So I called my 100 year old Italian grandmother two nights ago. It's her birthday in two days. She's gonna be 101. And so I'm like, I'm like, Nana, what's your, what was your husband's dad's birthday? And she's like, 1890, whatever. I was like, how do you know this? Like, she's just like, she can't see, she can barely hear, but she's so sharp. Yeah. She just remembered everything. I know. But she kept being like, honey, I can't hear ya. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Dylan is in the other room like I'm trying to watch the brewers can you please be quiet I was like I'm trying to get my dual citizenship here that'll be sweet let me know how that goes I don't know I don't know if I actually qualify I think my dad is going to so but then I wonder if I can get him to go over there if he can sponsor me that's the current Mm, plan that'd be sweet (laughs) but I got so sweet so yeah they are my family's from Como like switzerland border so i was like oh my god that'd be so amazing do it so, yeah i know besides that i'm just hustling good hustle though so good good that's, that's exciting yeah yeah and i'm training for the half marathon i might do another ragnar in outside of austin in october what? there's a bunch of people yeah there's a bunch of people who have been like rachel we want to do it and so i was like okay so I'm going to call up Courtney and see if she wants to join our team. Is that a road? Uh, no, I th- I'm pretty sure it's trail. Dang, jealous. Yeah. I want to do another one. Beige and I were just talking about that because we have all these cool hiking paths we now that we want to run. We could. Yeah, do it. Come out by me. I feel like I already I also have officially... 8 million trips planned for the rest of the year, though, too. But I still do want to come to Dallas, so that might be a good excuse to get out there. I also officially don't know if I want to do the Appalachian one yet, I'm going to say. I saw there's a documentary called Broken where this guy is doing the entire, hiking the entire Appalachian Trail in like, I can't remember, some stupid amount of, he walks or hikes 46 miles a day. Um, 
and it just looks treacherous. I was like, uh, that's I don't know if I want to do that. I'm a little bit more about snow snowmass. Snowmass. <laughs> yeah. Be on team snowmass with me. Yeah, I want to go to Colorado. Team snowmass. I'm for sure team snowmass. Cool. All right. Um, the other thing I've been up to is meeting our guest. So I feel like we should bring him on and introduce him. You yeah, game? I am game. Cool. Sweet. So Vinny is his name. Um, basically, I think it was two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago, Vinny? I don't know. My life just kind of has been blurring. I know. Sorry. That probably wasn't fair. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to say two weeks ago. I do November Project. And I did it in Milwaukee. And then when I moved to Dallas, it was like a way for me to feel like a part of the community. And so they do stair workouts on Monday. And when I was going two weeks ago, they posted on Instagram, there's this dude coming through, Vinny Scent, and he's got his own tag. And and I'm like, who is this dude? And he's like doing a road trip to all the different November projects. So I looked up his blog and it turns out that he is a childhood cancer survivor, which as many of you know who listen, I also am. Um, and so I was like, oh shit, I gotta meet, I gotta just hug, at least hug this dude. And so I went, I got tagged, um, I said, hey, and pretty soon we were like FaceTiming and talking about life and he's a cool dude. So I was like, he's gotta be on here. He's doing this crazy stuff and he's got a really cool perspective on life. So. I still don't always know how to accept the fact that people think that I'm cool. Like, I, I, never, I, didn't grow up, I didn't grow up being like the cool kid. Yeah. And so now that everyone thinks that I'm cool, it's just like, I don't know what to do. I, <laughs> I'll just stand here and just embrace yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm learning how to yeah. do it. it. It's a real thing. That, like, it's, it's hard not being cool. And then like, all of a sudden, like, oh, man, you're so cool. Do you think that you've changed from when people said you weren't cool to when people think you are cool? Or do you think it's just them, the people? Um, I think maybe part of it is I started caring less. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I started, the less I cared, I feel like the more people were able to embrace what it actually was. And then also, as you get older, you start learning how to surround yourself with people who are more likely to think that you're cool anyway, like for, for who you are, rather than like when you're in high school, I feel like your audience is everyone and you're trying to impress people, impress everyone in your class or in your school or, or whatever you think your audience is. I think part of it is knowing your audience and then part of it is just like not caring and kind of letting your audience kind of do the work for you rather than like you, you having to always earn it or kind of do something to obtain it yeah totally and also i i feel like as other people get older they also are more willing to be open to like i don't know you just like experience more of life and you realize what's important and when you see people being authentic and not caring so much that's there's something really engaging about that i think so sweet so tell us how okay so you're on this road trip so Vinny is currently in the middle of the road trip still so funnily enough he's in Milwaukee as you all know that's where Janelle and I met um so tell us where like where you're at how's it going where do you go to next where have you been give us a little synopsis all right so I literally just got into Milwaukee about like an hour and a half ago 
Uh, this is city number 17 on my journey. Dang. I've never been to Milwaukee before or Wisconsin in general. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, I, I haven't planned anything. I tend to not plan anything when I go to each city because I believe that the best planning is not going to be done by me. It's going to be done by people that I connect with through November Project. They're going to know what's going on. And in fact, when I was speaking with you, Rachel, the other day, you talked about Summerfest. And um, one of the housemates that I'm staying with actually works Summerfest. So I feel like that's going to be, that's something that I wouldn't have necessarily planned for because I wouldn't have known about it because I've never been here before. Yeah. I, I feel like that's been something that I've been trying to um, do for myself when I get to each city. Cool. What are your first impressions of Milwaukee uh, or Wisconsin? I didn't really do much. I just, I literally, cause I'm, I'm down the street from the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really gone out or done anything. Um, so I really don't have many impressions yet. All right, cool. I'm ex- so excited to see what you think. It doesn't seem very big. Coming from Chicago, it, Chicago is such a fascinating city because understanding how big this city is, is it makes so many other things seem small. Like, mm-hmm. look, like the fact that you can go six miles and still see a clump of tall buildings is for me amazing. Because, you know, going to Kansas City, like, you you know, I've gone to a lot of different cities and I tend to take a video of myself going into each city. And it's been really neat, actually, kind of to see. But the fact that you can go into, like, the northern part of Chicago and it'd be like going into, like, a lot of different major cities is fascinating. Yeah. You're like, and I'm still recording. Yeah, and, and I'm still recording. <laughs> minutes later they're still tall buildings <laughs> yeah that's so <laughs> funny sure. we like to call milwaukee it's a it's a small big city it feels mm-hmm. small when you're there even like it's it's good size but you're still bound to run into people you know almost anywhere you go so Vinny, where so 17 how many cities have november projects 49 across the world okay oh across the world world yes other countries yep malaysia Which countries Iceland, Hong Kong. No way. Amsterdam. In fact, when I was in when I was in Austin, I was walking along this this trail and I ran into three people from the Netherlands. And in fact, it was kind of a funny story because I stopped to take pictures of turtles that were like in this little like I guess it was like a stream or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not a big deal. Like, if you're a local and you live there, you're like, oh, it's just like the stream. It always has turtles in it. That's just how it is. <laughs> but like, so I'm sitting there thinking, I hope no one can really identify me too much as a tourist. Or I hope this doesn't look too like touristy <laughs> or weird. And then like three other people walk up next to me and start also taking pictures of the turtles. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, I start feeling a little better about myself. But then we start talking, and they're from the Netherlands. They're from um, I'm not sure if they're from Amsterdam, but I remember talking to them about like what they were doing and they were actually also going on a six month road trip throughout the, the country Crazy. and they were they were working their way almost the opposite way that i was going I uh... say, but like they were going from austin 
back to New Orleans, to Orlando, and then they're going like up the East Coast. So I had just come back. I just come from the East Coast. Um, and uh, so it was kind of funny making that connection. But yeah, I told them about November Project Amsterdam. Um, but there's also a London. Um, so yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, 49 cities around the world. Nice. Well, that's that. Well, that's one of my many connective gifts is that I go to different cities and I help expand people's horizons when it comes to November Project. It's great. Yeah. So for people who maybe don't know what the November Project is, can you explain it? I think we've talked about it a little bit, but maybe not in full depth. Sure. Um, so November Project is a free fitness workout group that meets in 49 different uh, cities around the world, um, including a lot of cities in Canada as well. The movement is really driven by accountability and just being able to have a place that you can work out for free. It's weatherproof, so it doesn't matter, rain, sleet, snow. And it's just a really great way to get out into the community, um, work out with, with people, kind of break down those barriers that often exist amongst people in their 20s, 30s, or just in our communities. Um, when I came into the Northern Project, I was actually at that point in my life where, you know, I was asking, you know, how do you meet people? And I, it was a real question. I feel like we all go through that question after you get out of college because no one really prepared mm-hmm. socially for that. Yeah, besides just going to the bars and yeah. getting drunk. Yeah, we're so used to, you know, going to high school, like having a, that social network already built for us. Mm-hmm. So getting out into the real world, you often rely on your previous social networks or um, existing ones in your work in your workplace but there's never like that dynamic like living sense of community um and unless you like go out and actually like know where to find it and for me that's what november project was it's a you know so a lot of cities every city has a wednesday workout um, some cities have Wednesdays and Fridays or Wednesdays and Mondays, but their premise is meeting um, 6.30, 6 o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays. Some cities have two days, three days a week. Um, and it's completely free, um, led by different co-leaders that decided to start up a November project in that city. Uh, and yeah, it's just a great way to you know, either meet people or you know, get a free workout in or both. A lot of people come with uh, different needs or intentions, and I think that's what makes it kind of great is that no matter if you're trying to you know, get some more cross-training in or if you're just kind of getting into fitness and, you know, you didn't necessarily know, you know, you didn't necessarily want to spend money on a gym or, you know, maybe you're, you moved to a new city and you didn't know how to meet people or you didn't know where to necessarily go or you wanted to meet people. It's a great way to kind of, you know, make progress in whatever aspect of life um, you want to do. That's awesome. And now, how did you start to get involved with the November Project? That's a great question. <laughs> um, so to be completely transparent, there may have been a moment where I was hitting on a kind bar girl. <laughs> and at that time, I was learning. I was learning how to just talk to like to approach um, strangers um, about like and just about getting to know them and whatnot. 
And so I remember um, my friend Sarah, uh, she was a kind bar rep uh, at the time, and I was looking at Whole Foods. Um, basically, I we were talking, that, and she was very, she's kind of like me in the sense that she's very high energy, um, willing to talk, um, you know, willing to invite you out. But for me, that seemed like, it seemed to me as like, wow, she's a unicorn. Like, she's so outgoing. I don't, that, it, it seemed to, she seemed to like not fit like that, that role. She like brought, she like broke up the monotony of like your everyday interactions. And for me, that stood out. And I remember like when I made the like advance to ask her to spend time uh, together. He invited me to November Project, and in my mind, I was like, "I don't know what this is," but she she didn't say no, so like maybe we'll check this out. And I didn't for for like maybe like a week or two, and then I saw her again, and she was buying clothes at Whole Foods, and I was really curious. I was like, "Why are you buying clothes?" Here? <laughs> and she was like, I, "I just came, I just came back from November Project. I need clothes to work for the day." I'm just like, "What is this thing? What do you mean?" And so I checked it out, uh, and I remember. So Philadelphia is a very big group. Like at that time, we were about six months into being an official tribe that I didn't know, but it was over the summertime. So we had over we had like 250, 300 people going. Oh my gosh! Wow! Wow! Right? That's insane. And and so when I went, so imagine one person inviting you. And so you go to this thing that you've never been to before and you're looking for this one person. You're not necessarily sure like how many people are going to be there or what it is. Yep. And I remember showing up and being like, wow, there's a lot of people here and I have no idea like how I'm going to find this person this early in the morning time. So once I finally spotted her in the crowd, she was very excited to see me. She introduced me to people. She made me feel like I was very welcome. Ever since then, I just kind of showed up the workouts it was like my way of finding that community finding out that actually there are a lot of high energy people out there that are unicorns um, <laughs> it's just a matter of really putting ourselves in positions to find them or um you know open up to people and just find out their story and i feel like we don't necessarily always do that when we're in our specific work roles and every day of everyday life so yeah when i finally started going you know it was like that third that dynamic third group, that social group where like, mm. we didn't all work together. We didn't all go to school together. We just all came from different places doing different things. And like, all we wanted to do is just show up, uh, meet more people, get a good hug in, get a good workout in and build community in Philadelphia. So that's how I found out about it. So cool. Oh, that's amazing. That Janelle, did you do November Project in Milwaukee when you were there? No, so I was going to say, I have to be honest, for all yeah. of the, the fitness communities I've been in, I'm not much of a morning person, and I never actually went to November Project in Milwaukee. Oh my God, that's crazy. Did you know that, do you know that, do you know that Roger is the co-leader? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yes, I did yeah. It's It's so true though, Vinny. I mean, coming to Dallas and being able to like, meet Taiwan and Manuel when he was here. And I haven't really gotten to know Harrison, but you know, you do show up and you are embraced like off the bat, no matter what, no matter who you are, what you look like, what we're like, it's ageless. It's like 
it's just like so welcoming and people invite you places and they ask you what your name is and how are you? And they high five you. And it's like, I don't, you don't feel quite so alone anymore. And I think that's why my transition to Dallas has been like, so I'm not gonna say so seamless, but a lot easier than it could have been. Um, it's a really cool thing that's out there. So tell us about the road trip. How did that idea come about? So the idea of the road trip is very layered, but I'll start from like the, the very beginning, which is the acquisition of the car. Because obviously there's no car, there's no road trip. So <laughs> <laughs> um, this is actually the first, first car I've ever owned. No way. 2007 PT Cruiser. That's right. Nice. <laughs> I get mixed review. I get mixed reviews whenever I say PT Cruiser. Some people are like, "Yeah, that's right, PT Cruiser." Some people are like, really? "They still make those, and they don't make them still." <laughs> but anyway, so around April of last year, my uh, me and my girlfriend at the time broke up. We were going through a transition where um, I was moving out, and um, we were figuring out the next step for me getting my security deposit back. Um, she had a car, she had a PC Cruiser that she didn't necessarily want anymore. Um, there had to be work done to it. She was done paying for insurance. She was done driving it. She was just really frustrated with having a car in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wanted to still live in the apartment, which meant that I wouldn't get security deposit back. And that was fine. To make it easy for both of us, I just said, give me the car and you know we'll call it even. So that was the first step. I got a car and I was like, eh, I don't really want a car or need the car, but, like, I got value. So that's the honest truth, how I got a car. <laughs> and then it's just the point where I was like, well, it's kind of lame to just have a car. Like, I don't really need it. Like, what am I going to do? Like, pretend that I need it? Like, drive? Like, you know, I worked in the city and I lived in the city. So, you know, I just had this feeling of, like, I wanted to get away with it. I was like, I just want to go somewhere if I have this car far, far away. Every year, I go down to, to Boston for the marathon to watch people run the marathon. And usually people from all across the country, November Project, go to cheer. But then mm. also every year, there's a November Project summit where people from all around the country, all the co-leaders get flown in. And it's just one massive, almost like fitness, I don't want to say fitness conference, but it feels like you know, we have like a workout um, at a central location in whatever city it is. And then we have a weekend of racing through the North Face Endurance Challenge series where you can run, you know, a marathon relay, um, a marathon, mm-hmm. like a 50-miler like a or 50K, whatever crazy mileage distance beyond America there is. And it's just pretty much like we're outside all day, just like running, cheering each other on. And that last year, it was in Massachusetts. Which is um, where November Project started, right? Right. Yeah. And so remember how I started in Boston. Um, so last year, between the time that Boston Marathon happened and Summit in Massachusetts, that's when Nicole and I broke up. I acquired a mm-hmm. car and then had the feeling of wanting to get away. And then I went to Summit and I already had this idea that I wanted to like go on a road trip. But then like I started like toying with the idea of like, well, when would I go? And I was like, well, I'm turning 30 next year. I could like, go on a trip when I'm 30 to celebrate. And then when I went to Summit, it made me realize how much I really enjoyed seeing people like in this one spot. 
but I wanted to see them in their own spots. Like I, I didn't mm. want to, I didn't want to have to wait once a year to see people. And I've traveled to different cities before. I've traveled to San Diego and LA, and some of those people I hadn't seen, you know, in two three years. And so there was a point where I was just like, you know what? I want to go on a trip to see people that I maybe get to see once a year, if that, and spend time in their own cities that maybe I've been to, maybe I haven't, and just make new connections, but also reconnect with people that I've met in different cities. Um, so, yeah, that was when I started really um kind of coming up with the idea and then I just eventually said you know what 30 for 30 30 30 cities mm. um 30 workouts turning 30 all 30 everything so yeah so cool and what I I know what I love about I mean I'm still getting to know you but what I have learned so far is how um you're like this idea person but the way in which you show up and do things is like so in the moment and present and it's not necessarily trying to culminate to some big, you know, extravagant thing. It's just like, this feels right. And okay, now I have a car and Hey, I always said I wanted to do a road trip and I'm at summit and I'd like to see these people. And it's just like, it almost like the experiences that you have, you allow them to have a life of their own. And I think that's such a cool way of approaching things. Cause I have tended to be, so focused on like what's this thing that I'm trying to get and I must reach that point and I love that you have been able to experience so much by just letting it breathe a little bit it's really cool what's funny about my personality I guess in some ways is that I'm very much in the moment I'm not a very good planner I'm much better I'm much better at just showing up and just giving it my best shot than I am sitting around thinking about it for for hours and like coming up with a strategy and I've been learning mm -hmm. how to like, plan better. I think knowing how to work a plan and really cater it to your personality is really important because some people need a lot of things planned. Some people only need a little planning. And I'm, I'm the kind of person that needs like some planning. I don't need a lot of planning. I just need some and I'll just make up the rest. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely accurate. Did you know that summit this year is in Milwaukee? I did. Is it is it happening while you're there? No, it's happening in September. Ah, oh, dude, Janelle. Oh, too bad. We should go back. That'd be so fun. You know, we've been talking about it, though, and I'm like, you know, because I'm still trying to find my community and tribe here, too, and I'm like, maybe I should just, I know I've never done it, but I'm like, maybe I should just start one here, a fitness Dude, background. you should. I know. I'm still thinking about it. I just, I travel a lot for work, and I know I was reading their website, and they're like, that's not good, so I'd probably have to find someone else to do it with me that is here more is there yeah, yeah so yeah, if yeah. i have to travel for work that someone could be there but i know There's i'm gotta I'm, be someone considering it um well yeah i would i would hope so i work for a company that supports the wellness industry so i could <laughs> like maybe yeah. there's a co-worker i would assume someone else might be interested in so i'm exploring the idea still the word of november project spreads and a lot of times when you talk to people about it there are so many people out there that are in the shadows in fact um, I just did a podcast episode on how is your run today with um, a former co-leader. So he's a leader um, of November Project Kansas City. And a lot of people tend to be in the shadows waiting for one person to, find to step target. up. Yeah. And yeah. I've talked to people from both sides. I've talked to the, like 
him as a leader and him being that person to finally push the button and the people that like have kind of like waited in the shadows and like saw someone push the button and it's like oh now it's here so i feel like it's kind of it's it's, it's interesting to always it's actually interesting to hear you talk about janelle like how you're kind of like in the shadows and you're like on the fence like do i start myself do i wait like so it's kind of cool to hear that I mean, I I think I might still do it. Because as a leader, do you plan all the workouts yourself? Or does November Project give you the workouts? Do you know? What's cool about this is that I'm not a leader. But I know enough leaders that I can answer questions. <laughs> yeah. um, and I have planned workouts myself um, as a member. So, I mean, what's cool is that it's literally, you know, whatever you want to make it. Like, you can you make your own workouts. But you have a resource of other co-leaders that will also give you ideas that like, if you're not as creative of a person, then you can use your co-leaders as a resource. You know, a run project has been going on for about five, six years, six years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there have been lots of people who have had different experiences that you can lean on as, you know, someone that's walking into it new. I would definitely recommend checking one out first. Yeah. Um, before you, or you did, because that goes a long way. I feel like and having that connection, kind of helping yourself orient. For sure, I do miss it, dude. Though. If I move to, if I move to slow, Janelle, we'll start it. Yeah, I know. See, that would be perfect. I know that would. Well, I just miss. So my background, Vinny. I don't know if you know this, but I've been a fitness instructor for ten years. I'm a personal trainer, a certified personal trainer. So like that is my passion. If you're like, what do you want to do? I'd be like, I would like to program and teach fitness classes all day long. I would love to know, Vinny, what has been the like your favorite memory so far in this trip? Oh, I know that's tough. It, I'm sure it it is tough because, but what's tough about the question is that I am constantly in a state where I'm reflecting, living in the moment, and looking forward at the same time, and I'm always, I'm kind of rotating through the three. Um, but if I were to just pick a moment right now and maybe like rethink it later, I would say November Project Kansas City, they have their own beer that they brew as a oh, as fruit. That's you awesome. Can only, you can only get it by showing up like to the workout. Oh my god, that's awesome. That, so cool. that was kinda of cool. That was kinda of cool drinking that after the workout. Um, Dallas is a pretty good city. Oh, I love I love being in Dallas watching the Mexico Germany game. Oh my god! I never, <laughs> I had never, I had never seen people so happy for a soccer game ever. Like I grew up, I grew up soccer, and I grew up with like a couple of friends being soccer enthusiasts. But I had never seen people tailgate for a soccer game. <laughs> so that was really cool. That was probably a really good moment where, like, you know, they Mexico knocked off Germany. What's dictating um, your choice of city then? Do you have any sort of plan with that? Or is it just like when you're done with one city or like, hey, where's the next group that's closest? I'm going to drive there. I have a spreadsheet. You do? Okay. Yeah. So um, when I, so this is the part of planning that was really important for me. I tend to be a very creative person. I have a lot of ideas. And um, if I wanted this, road trip that really happened the first thing i needed and i knew i needed it is i needed a plan i needed like i needed to have a map a road map of like where i was going when what dates etc 
because if I didn't, I knew that it would not happen. Mm. Um, so that was one of the first things I did. And also having that plan nine, ten months out, the more you look at it, the more likely it is to happen. So, like, I looked at that spreadsheet. I, like, actually bought a physical map that I haven't looked at one time once, <laughs> since my trip has started. <laughs> it's funny. I bought this map. I bought this map, and I... I put like little sticky notes on each city and like the and whatnot. And like I had this map like on my wall, on the floor, like every day looking at it. And I have not touched it once during the trip. <laughs> so like for an entire year, for an entire year, I had this map and I haven't touched it. But I think the point though is that the spreadsheet, the map, those were things that needed to be there <clears throat> in order to hold me accountable. Having that vision like right there in my face and like, kind of motivating me to continue on to actually doing it. So I, I made it from day one, I made a spreadsheet. So I drove from Philly to Boston and then I drove back down the East coast all the way through cities until I hit Orlando. And then I went over to New Orleans hit Texas and then went up through Kansas city and Chicago. And now I'm in Milwaukee, but I'm going to end up hitting Madison, uh, Minneapolis, Canada, Western Canada, and then down to the West Coast. And then I'm going to loop back around to Denver, to Phoenix and then hit Denver. So it's, oh. a pretty, pretty, it's a pretty efficient route. Was there ever a point prior to you starting the road trip where you were like, where something was potentially going to stop you from being able to do it and you had to kind of work through that? Or has it been pretty much once you made the decision, you were just like, all right, it's happening? One of the co-founders, Rogan Graham, he contacted me and we talked more about my trip and he really wanted to be a part of it. Mm. The cool about that is that he was really excited about it and it was cool to know that people were excited about it. But then it was also scary because it was almost like I couldn't let people down or... Like I, was uh, now, I was now accountable for this excitement that I've created. There was one specific moment in December where I parted ways with my job a couple months earlier than I had expected. And in the same week, my car got towed. I lost my cell phone or got stolen. Over. And like, it just was like, okay, well, I'm just not going to have anything that I need for this trip. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what's cool about this community and what it's done for me is that I feel I could feel how in the past I might have told myself in that moment, oh, well, now this this can't happen, this won't happen because you know there's no way I can bounce back from this. Everybody would understand why I can't bounce back from this. Mm -hmm. This is crappy. I remember having to go down to the to the pound or whatever, not pound, the, you know, to get my car. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and like, first of all, I had tickets that I had to like pay to get it back, and then also I was also re in the process of renewing my insurance, so like that was paying, so they wouldn't give me back the car until it was like renewed. So like, I ended up dropping. Jeez. Like, then they give you, they have to spend, they have a fine for, you know, being towed. So like, I ended up dropping like, I feel like six hundred dollars that day. Oh that even though that was a tough situation and everyone would agree that that's like a really crappy day or week, I didn't allow that to become an excuse to not do what I wanted to do. 
Mm. Um, and that was all due to just the, the sense of accountability that is instilled in you by this community. So cool. I would say, because we've talked to a few people who are like entrepreneurs and they kind of work on their own. And even Janelle and I talk about like the power and just having even one other person there to like hold you accountable and celebrate your ups and your downs with you and how important that is. Um, so I can, I can totally relate to how that can help you move through like the tough times, knowing that you've got these people that are counting on you. Um, it's powerful. I was also at that time in my life going through this point where I was realizing that I have often played a victim to my own self. And what I mean mm -hmm. by that is I would never, like if you had to split yourself into two like, people and something bad were to happen, instead of like one side of me being able to pick myself up, I would have a side of me that would be really down. And I'd have another side of me that would like beat up on that person that's already down. And one thing I realized is that that prevented me from doing a lot of things. Um, I was, it didn't allow me to work through tough times on my own. It didn't allow me to really have that confidence to really pick myself up and like find a way. Um, and I was going through that a time where I was learning how to, instead of being a boy to myself in those moments, how to support myself and pick myself up and find a way. Because when I really think about it, when I'm in um, a healthy place, I, I, I can figure things out. And that's a strength mm. of mine. Remembering that and allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to, you know, say, hey, like, you know, this is a rough week. Allowing yourself to say that and like, have it be okay so that way you can get back to um, operating from a place of strength. Mm -hmm. That is such an important thing in, in doing things you want to do and um, excelling in your career or, you know, building uh, anything uh, like a life for yourself or a business for yourself. Knowing how to do that for yourself is super important. And I was going through that um, period in my life where I was learning how to do that around that time. Yeah. So, how did you learn how to do that for yourself? Was it just like finally being sick of being a bully to yourself or was there another resource that you had? Um, there were definitely people in my life that kind of pointed that out to me mm. in a way that I had never intentionally looked at. I never looked at something like that within myself and said, oh, this is actually in my hands. I never thought, mm. I never thought that yeah. way. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. I, for years, outsourced my happiness to the victim state. <laughs> and I mean, you can get a lot. I mean, you do get a lot from people in that place, um, but it's, it's not sustainable. And it definitely is, for me, it was relying so much on the external world instead of being able to, tap into my own light. And so being able to learn how to do that, like totally was a game changer for me. So not only did like people point this out to me, but then there's this really cool church sermon that I heard around Thanksgiving time of last year, where the pastor talked about being accountable to our gifts. And this actually feeds into mm. a instead of looking at other people's gifts and what they have and trying to 
excel in the way that other people are excelling. Like, imagine if everybody just were acquainted with their gifts, knew what their gifts were, knew what their strengths were, and just, like, really just tapped into those those strengths. And I, one thing I realized is whenever I was down or things were getting rough, I would withhold my gifts from the world. I would blatantly pass up opportunities to make connections or be productive. One thing I learned from this sermon is literally the concept of rising and shining. Like how sometimes we can be in a dark place, learning how to rise from that dark place. And I think sometimes the question is, well, what do we do after we rise from that place? How do we rise from that place? The second part of my tattoo is going to be um, the shine aspect where, you know, the next step after rising from the darkness is letting your gift shine. Mm -hmm. And so on one side of my arm, I'm going to have rise from the darkness. And then on the other side, I'm going to have let your gift shine. Because oh, it gives, cool. gives you a sense of like, it's okay to be in a dark place, um, but you have gifts that you can use. And those gifts are going to show you the next step. They're going to like follow your gifts. So that's where mm. you're going to come from. That is like where you're, that's the, that's going to reveal your, your path to you. I love that. I, what I love about what you said is one, there's so much like radical acceptance for you in just like when you're, everybody is as a human goes, gets to those like dark places and you can either when you're down there, like get on yourself and start that like crazy cycle. And I'll call it crazy for myself. Like I have done that before where I'm just like hating on myself for being down and being in the dark spot. Um, but when you can radically accept that, like that just happens sometimes you can start to rise up. And so I, I just, I love how, um, how grounded you are in like, yeah, it's, it's happened. It will happen again. And it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's about sometimes we forget when we're in that dark place, we forget that, that the way out of it is through ourselves is through shining our light. Like we're, we, we hold the light out. Like we hold the light out. Of mm -hmm. that dark. And sometimes like when we're down, we forget that. So Vinny, if you were going to answer the question, um, is there one word that sums up how you live your true north today? How would you answer that? I would say curious and disruptive. I say them both because I feel like my curiosity is disruptive. Yeah, it's almost like you're not trying to be disruptive, but by being curious in you, it, it is a, a cool disruption in the world. When you when you learn how to set intentions behind your curiosity, actually interacting with the world around you and disrupting, I feel like it can actually be very, very productive. And I've mm -hmm. found that whenever I feel like there's more to something or that something isn't right, I, I always try and find the right question will really open up a world of conversation that either helps move the conversation forward for not just you, but a lot of people. And I used to, I didn't, wasn't always very conscious of how disruptive my personality was and how curious I was. And I feel like sometimes it would, I would catch people off guard um, and it wouldn't always be a positive disruptive. It would be like a very negative experience. And I feel uh -huh. like you often see disruptive as a very negative experience. When it can be a positive, it has to be like approached well. It has to be intentional. It has to be like, you have to be very, yeah. you know, conscious of kind of like how you're going about it. Okay. I have a, just a personal question that I want to ask. What do you think is the biggest thing you learned 
now that you've been in remission for 15 years? That pertains to my cancer experience? Sure. Or it could be, I mean, if there is another question or like another angle to it that is speaking to you, and I can tell you what I have learned if, and that's the reason why I'm like most curious. So when I was sick, I experienced a lot of people turning away and like avoiding what I thought was me and it was really just the experience. And so when I could learn how to separate myself from it, I had this huge revelation that everybody is actually operating from love, even if it doesn't look like it, even if for me, it looks like, cause even if they are like the people who avoided me, there was love under that. They just didn't know how to express it. And so I had this overwhelming clarity for myself a few years ago that I had just mistaken everybody's actions and actually all of it is love, even though it might look like something, a gross behavior. It, there's actually love in there. It's either them not knowing how to express the love so it manifests weird or it is obvious love. And so that has been like a total shift for me in my life to remember when I'm engaging with people and they kind of come at me or a situation in a way that makes me think like that's weird or that wasn't cool or whatnot. Um, Just remembering that underneath it, it's like, it actually, it all stems from love. It might just be that the person doesn't know how to express it. And so it manifests in, in another way. So that would be my biggest learning so far. One thing I've learned is the importance of self-care. As a survivor, you you know well, and I think in some ways a lot of a lot of people who go through very traumatic experiences. Sometimes you get to a, a point where you're like, I never want this to happen to anybody else ever again, or mm-hmm. like you want to support everyone else. You want to give back to everything else. Like you don't feel worthy of the care that you received, and I think. It just got to a point where I I realized just that classic saying like how how can you help how can you truly help other people if you're not helping and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and at first I didn't I didn't understand that I didn't understand it at all because for a while it seemed like taking care of myself was selfish and like the older I got the more I realized that I felt that way because I didn't necessarily feel worthy of what I saw as a, the gift of being cancer free. Sometimes when someone, it's kind of like almost as if when someone gives you a gift, like you kind of feel like you have to do something back instead of just, yeah, like, totally. with, instead, of, instead of just like sitting with the gift or the compliment or the positive experience and just like feeling grateful. I feel like for a while after, you know, my cancer experience, like you're you're just playing from behind. You're like, man, I I need to give back. I need to do X, Y, and Z, and it's all out of good intention, but it's all stemming from a place of like guilt and mm. like not necessarily feeling like you are worthy of sitting with this gift, and and you're not able to truly accept the gift. I feel like once you once I learned to truly just accept it as a gift and not necessarily as something that I was in debt to, that's when I was able to really start placing value into self-care and, and self-love and give myself permission to be whole and not feel like I owed anybody anything. Uh, and I think that can be a difficult 
thing to learn. I know you're you're still figuring out how to hear this, but you are a really fucking cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it as many times as you want to hear it. Many years of practice. I got it. <laughs> Janelle, do you have any other questions? I don't think I do. This has been fantastic. Vinny, do you have anything else? Yeah, it's been so awesome. Is there anything else you would want to share? I have so many. We could talk for hours, you know. <laughs> I love it. I'm, like, taking it all in. I'm sitting here, and, like, I get goosebumps, and I'm yeah. enjoying it. Where are you off to after this Madison, you said, Vinny? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I, like, a part of me was, like, we got to tell them all these places in Milwaukee to go, but I, not, I want you to just, like, I want you to experience it exactly as you do, and, like, you're going to so meet funny. people and you're going to see things and like, yeah. So tell me, um, okay. Where would I, the first place that came up, do you like, do you drink coffee? Sure. Kickapoo. You got to go get their granola bars. Oh, it's Kickapoo. Janelle and my favorite. Are you crying Janelle? No, I'm not crying. <laughs> oh, okay. but... You're got... crying. <laughs> no, it's they do have really good granola piece. bars. Yeah. So oh. Janelle and I, co-led well she really was the boss um this studio called spire which is right across the street from it and so when we would have our like strategy meetings and bitch sessions and whatever else kickapoo was our our place and we would always get the granola bars so you could go have one in remembrance of us that is like the first place that came up when i said that is there a specific granola bar that both of you got you will know it's the only one that's there it's the homemade one yeah, either that or their biscuits are really good there too. Biscuits and like they have honey butter, they have good soup, good tea. The granola bar. That's that's oh, the, the, bar. That's the um, <laughs> all of it. Ambiance. Oh my gosh. That was so... my office pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the it was the thing I had to an office. It's all fun. It's a it's a it's a really I think it's a really humble city. I when I first moved there, I was coming from Vancouver and so Vancouver was just like so majestic in my perspective. Like, I love the mountains. I love the water. And then I cried. I was like, oh my God, Milwaukee. And my mom's like, oh my gosh, pull yourself together. And I get to Milwaukee and it's like, just like the most humble people. And they're just like, yeah, show up. We'll have a beer. We'll have some brats. Like, I don't know. I just, I love that. Like people are so chill. Brat. <laughs> you guys have that play, don't you? Yeah, I imagine it's not the same as here, though. No. Yeah, you got to do that. Oh, you should go to Vanguard. Vanguard has really good sausages. Uh, all right. Well, Vinny, this has been so fun. I can't wait to, like, just keep in touch on your road trip and hear how it all continues. And I can't wait to see what you get up to after that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, what's the best way for them to reach you? And then we'll put it in the show notes, too. Yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram, follow the sense. Uh, there's a link in my profile. You can click, you can read uh, my blog post about my story, road trip, and about my uh, cancer story. And then you can also subscribe to my newsletter where I'll send you an email every week about my experiences in the city, the cities that I'm in. And then I'll also tell you where I'm at at the bottom of every email. So you will always know where I'm at. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And that is a wrap. Thanks again for joining us on the True North Collective podcast. 
For more from us, you can check out our Instagram at the True North Collective underscore. You can always email us, reach out to us. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more stories from everyday people fearlessly finding their true north. See y'all next time. Thank you.